And and that would be exactly what I'm telling myself when I'm racing. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's okay. You're just not in your place where you're in 100% control of something. You're, you're flexing. Hello. Well, hello, Hazel. How are you? I am very well. How are you, Jane? I'm very well as well, thank you. I'm envious because you're looking a little bit sun-kissed and I feel like my freckles are fading fast. <laughs> I'm sure mine won't last either. Um, but yes, it's nice to have oh, a little bit of colour at the end of what was summer and coming yeah. into autumn, isn't it? Cheers you up oh, a little. <laughs> it does. I don't want to rub it in, but I'm going next Monday for about 10 days. <laughs> Biking in Spain. Yes, I can't wait. Oh, now I'm jealous. I'm sorry, but you had a good time. Did you have a nice break? Uh, yeah, I had a, a lovely holiday. Um, it was just a shock, like coming back. Because I think I left in like it felt like late summer, and then I came back. Like I think it was like three degrees or something the the day that I came back. Um, so yeah, it's just been taking a little bit of time to readjust. But yeah, it was lovely to have a lovely to have a break. Oh, good. And let me just quickly show the listeners the funniest thing about it is so I knew you were going on holiday the day you were mm-hmm. going. Then I was talking to a friend of mine that morning and she said, yeah, we're going on holiday this afternoon. I was like, where are you going? I was like, really? Where are you flying from? What flight are you on? I was like, you're all on the same flight. So I shared pictures with all each of you and you ended up sitting sitting in front didn't you and then everybody met each other and I was like I like that that you all connected on your on your flight yeah that was hilarious yeah because your your friend was sat right right behind me you know you were like staring at someone going is it <laughs> is it not them I don't want to say like hey um but I thought what was really interesting actually because we were obviously chatting about you Jane you know oh, um and um and yeah, your friend was saying how different you are now to when they knew you first at uni. Um, and I was wondering, because I know that last time we spoke um, about me and kind of my journey and, and you know, the, that kind of burnout stuff that I went through. Um, and I just, it just made me think, you know, I know you as you, like, amazingly fit you know into all this health and stuff and and helping other people with it uh but that wasn't always the case for you and I think sometimes it's helpful for people to see it's not that we were just born you know (laughs) knowing how to do this stuff that actually the reason that we're in this work is because we've been through some of this stuff ourselves so I didn't know whether that might be helpful today to to, to, or um, basically for my own enjoyment as well to about your uni days Jane of course I don't know what they told you but yeah that I suppose it has been quite a journey um yeah so I met Kate and Rob uh, more Kate when we were at university so some I think we I graduated in 2000 so it was a long time ago and um yeah I was very different um I guess where I have my title healthier happier me I was definitely happy but I wasn't very healthy at all at university um I I can't even tell you fibs now because they would have been absolutely honest I'm sure so and I was I don't know sometimes I reflect and think was I borderline alcoholic um through university and even for a good few years after um and I don't know if that was just I don't know the era we all went to university so like my year was the last year that went through and it was all paid. So, you know, I definitely wasn't running up the debts that the students are now. So I think 
you know, it was a bit of a, yeah, let's go and have a good time for three years. And if I get a degree at the end of it, well, that's an added bonus. Um, and we did. We had a really, really good time. I mean, half the time we wouldn't even go to lectures. You know, we'd just, like, a few of us would give each other the nod and go, mm, should we just go in the bar on, on campus and and drink pints of Cronenberg, which I guess is one of my, my first nicknames that I was known as the Cronenberg kid. And um, for many years after university. Um, and I remember coming home at Christmas and my dad would never usually comment on things like this, but I remember him just going, oh, you've um, put on weight. And then I had this big hoodie on and I, when I took this hoodie off, he went, oh, put on weight. I hadn't really noticed because just before going to university I had a year out and I worked in, in a shoe shop in Norwich um, with lots of ladies and they all used to go to Slimming World and things so I guess um, they encouraged me to go and if I'm going to rewind a bit more the reason they probably did is um, when me and my brother were young so I was 11 and he was 15 very sadly our mum died and I've only just thought of it now, but probably these women at the shoe shop sort of took on a bit of a mother role for me. They probably thought, oh, Jane's getting a bit tubby, you know, let's let's see if we can help her because who else would? So I tagged along um, and I thought I just, I lost so much weight, um, you know, the way that they had you eating and things. But then I went to university and just, yeah, went on a diet of beer. Um, we'd have a chicken burger and chips for lunch in the uh, student union. And then dinner would be a massive bowl of pasta with dolmio sauce, you know, radioactive coloured cheese grated all over it, a night out, then a, a kebab on the way home. Uh, and I guess this is why by the time then I got home at Christmas after only a term, my dad was like, wow. But I don't think it was like a, right, I need to do something about it. And often we giggle some some of the girls at uni, like we have photos from like when we were at uni and it's like we'd all been pumped up by a bike pump like and I suppose it's like alcohol swelling and then sort of years later if we've had a picture it's like oh we've you know we've gone back you know we've deflated back to a to a normal size so yeah university was really really fun um I did I really really enjoyed myself and it was only when I finished university um I decided to stay for a year and I think that's the first time I kind of found sport and exercise and endorphins so I'd always played a bit of basketball um which is comical for anyone who knows me but those who don't I'm only just over five foot um but I didn't I had a quite a good uh, three point shot so I was sort of like the little one at the top but it, I'd never really done anything else and I remember joining the local gym to where I was living in Northampton at the university and um I did a spin class for this first time. And if anyone's seen um, Bridget Jones when she does her spin class and she gets off and her legs just go to jelly, like that was me. And I had this pain in my legs that I, you know, understand now to be called DOMS, delayed onset of muscle soreness, for a week. Like I couldn't, it was horrific. But at the same time, there was something nice about it. And then I, I then hopped on the treadmill and I remember working up to eight minutes running on this treadmill. And being like just a sweating mess, out of breath. But oh, Hazel, I felt so accomplished. I was like, wow, I've done it. And then I built up to 10 minutes. And then at 12 minutes, I remember the gym instructor coming over and saying like, I've been watching you, like, well done. You know, you're really sticking with it. And I was just like, I felt amazing. 
Um, and then I went off and I spent the summer doing um, like uh, on a Camp America in the Catskill Mountains in New York State. And they did have this old treadmill in there. So I was like, well, I'm going to keep it up. Um, and then it broke because it was so old. And I had this moment of, oh, crumbs, what, what do I do? And so I was like, Jane, you're in the Catskill Mountains of New York State. Like, this is beautiful. Just go and run. And I mean, I'm going back so long that nobody had watchers. You didn't know what pace you were doing. You didn't know anything. But I, I just ran and ran and I loved it. And then I remember coming home to Norwich and doing my first half marathon and my dad being at the end and um, being kind this time. Oh, and it is World Kindness Day today, actually. Happy World Kindness Day, everyone. Um, and him going, oh, my goodness, you were like the 35th woman. And I did the natural negative bias and went, well, was there only 35 women? And he's like, no, Jane, look, they're still coming over the line. And I was just like, wow. Um, and that kind of started my my running career, if you like. And but I think what was so amazing about it was just that experiencing what I would call the happy hormones. Mm. So the feeling that those endorphins give you, but also now the more I understand like the serotonin from being out in daylight and just, you know, what an amazing impact being in nature has on us. It has mm. such a calming effect. Um, and yeah, so I started running. And then a few years after that, I'm. this is so random, but I bumped into a friend's uncle who actually nearly ran me over in his van and he was like oh I, I was out running he said I didn't know you ran he said oh we we have a team a charity team that does a London marathon every year we've got a place do you want to do it I was like yeah because I, I thought what you can just get me in he's like yeah we've got a we've got a place so I started training for my first London marathon um and I was raising money we were raising money for a charity called Sense um, which is for deaf and blind children. So I had a target to do. So I thought, right, by this point, I was running quite a lot. So I thought, mm, are people just going to sponsor me to run? So I said, what I'm going to do is from New Year's Day that year, I can't remember what year I did my first marathon, maybe 2008, nine. Um, and I thought, what I'll do is from New Year's Day until after the marathon, I am not going to have a drop of alcohol. Because I thought people will sponsor me for that because I'd be like, there's no way. And at the time I was working for the England Wales Cricket Board, which was very, very social. Um, and so I started training. I gave up alcohol and people were like, what do you mean? You say, like, you still have a glass of dinner or something. I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm not I'm not having any. And I guess that was a trigger that made me think I'm such an all or nothing personality. Um, and I I did I did uh, lots of training and I, I raised lots of money so I'll just chip in this story because it's quite funny I you know if you're raising money you send an email out to the world you know can you help me raise money and so I scribed it all sent it and I started getting a few emails back from people going oh Jane <laughs> you're so funny I was like oh, what are they talking about and then they said oh you know you should really spell check your emails and I was like what have I done and I went back through the email and the D and the F are very close to each other. And I put, I'm raising money for Sense, which is for dead blind children. Oh, no. I know. So then I had to resend one going, oh, ha, ha. Obviously, the dead blind children don't need our money, but the deaf blind ones do. Sorry about that. Please sponsor me. And anyone, thankfully, everybody found it funny. And I, I did raise lots of money for a really good cause. And I did my first London marathon in just under four hours. 
and I honestly felt like that was the best day of my life and from that I could quite literally take on the world like it was amazing um and then yeah I'd done a few London marathons and then I took to triathlon somebody took me on a bike trip and I enjoyed that and then someone said you better get in the water I was like I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy that it's going to be cold but I did enjoy it and then I did my first triathlon in a pool um and then my inspiration for getting into triathlon actually was a a lady I worked with in cricket Lucy who was a few years younger than me and very sadly her mum had died quite recently of breast cancer and then she also had breast cancer and in remission she said right I'm going to give my two fingers to cancer and I'm going to do what you call a half Ironman distance what we call 70.3 like a middle distance triathlon and I was just like really right what what does that entail and eventually one day I just went have you booked it yet Lucy and she was like no I was like right let's book it I'll do it with you and she was like can you swim I was like well I can swim as a kid it'll be fine and she's my inspiration and she's such a fact she did the London Marathon this year actually and she's a, a wonderful wonderful lady and we raised so much money for um for breast cancer and yeah she was my inspiration in into into the sport of triathlon I laugh and say I'm keeping a spreadsheet Lucy of all the money this has cost me because one day you can pay me back but um yeah and I guess that was like a really nice eye-opener that sometimes we meet people and have conversations at the right time for the right reason um and so yeah my my love of triathlon took over a little bit I guess in my life But then I do lots of reflection now that I think, you know, because I am, I guess, really addicted to it. And sometimes I need to unpick the why. Um, And I guess the other parts of being healthier. So like sleep is, I mean, I I bump into people, I think I haven't even met them before. And they'll like laugh about me going to bed at seven o'clock. So it's like this sign I have on my back. Like I am totally into my sleep and hydration and fueling but equally sometimes I find it a struggle um and I, I bumped into someone quite recently I hadn't seen him for a long time he's just like wow what you're doing now and I and actually I'd had a few glasses of wine and it, it, it took me then to say that sometimes it's a nightmare because it's like right I've got to get up got to do my plank a day now I'm into doing some press-ups then I want to do my yoga then I do my training and I've got to eat all my food within a certain time and da, 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 da. and I said it's only when I've actually had a glass of wine that I relax about it mm. and sometimes I have to really check in on myself on that um I mean even like last week like one of the Christmas things um, and there's a joke now that I'm, I'm known as Christmas Jane because I'm so boring all year but Christmas I just like I'm solar charged and I have all this fun and energy but kind of within my own constraints um and one of the evenings out was being arranged and I was dreading it, it coming and I knew this would happen and it said yep yeah, table book for half seven and literally I feel like my insides are going oh god how can you get out of this because for me eating well you go to somewhere at half seven that means you're not eating till at least eight so I've gone way out of my eating window um but it's that what do I do between five and seven when normally I'm getting really tired and getting ready for bed. And I have to really check in and have a word with myself because I've had periods over the last few years where I've I've just become a total social recluse because things are outside my boundaries. Mm. 
maybe you can help me unpick this because I think I think there's a real sense of control for me and I don't really know when it happened and why it happened but sometimes I find it really hard Mm. and I don't yeah yeah and it sounds like you know a lot of the rules that you've created for yourself have been really helpful so like you say you've 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 been benefiting from those from those positive hormones so there's been a real kind of benefit from from having those rules in your life and you've been able to see those and and like you say got a bit addicted to the high around those it's the it's the rigidity that so it's like in act we talk about fusion so you become like really fused to this like I have to it becomes part of my identity so I am a person that goes to bed at seven and it's the fusion with that idea and losing your flexibility around it that then causes challenge yeah and it's that I think for me lockdown whilst you know I'm very grateful I had a great or a calming experience and press pause and you know done something different with my life but I think a lot of my habits or that rigidity came from that and and it was accidental if I look back because I lived on my own during it so actually I'd get to sort of six o'clock in the evening and because I was on furlough like I was like well I fulfilled everything and more today I might as well go to bed because I'm tired Mm. and I guess you know that the sort of biological science behind it my circadian clock my sleep wake cycle really really adjusted Mm. um and I became such an early bird getting up so early so then I'd be tired in the evening but like yeah I I need to work on um so I have this rigidity that I put in place but allowing flexibility within it Mm. and not fearing it and so when you do have a night out so this this Christmas Jane (laughs) so when she's let out of the box and you do have that night out and you do bend some of those rules what's what happens next like I'm fine with it like it's not like the next day I'm beating myself up I'm an absolute you know one of my values is be responsible so take responsibility for my actions I did it I had fun um, something I've been absolutely blessed with, um, and I'm sure at some point this will change, is I just don't get hangovers, so I don't suffer at all. So I'll still get up in the morning. I know, if you could all see Hazel's face now, um, it's bonkers. And I will still be on my bike at 7am. Like I have no problem still training. So I think that helps me sort of think a little bit, I'm undoing what I did. But I think it's more the thinking about it I'm worrying, if you like, but when I'm in it, I'm kind of like I know that. I mean, lots of my Christmas Jane things, um, my functions, if you like, they're kind of lunchtime ones, mm. which means I'm kind of still within my my rigidity. Uh, but it's just this one, and that's because all the friends I'm going out with that night have children, you know. So actually, they have responsibilities beforehand. I don't. It's just the only thing I've got to do is keep myself awake. Um, and things so I think I'm kind of fine when I'm in it but sometimes it's the mm. the thought of oh my god it's going to take me out of my comfort zone 
is it a comfort thing? But then I'll have like a third person chat with myself going, okay, what's the worst that can happen here? Mm. And that's where it's that kind of sometimes I have to peel my own onion like I would do with a client to go, what's this, what's this really all about, Jane? Mm. And I think if I'm being honest, over the years, I think it's a weight thing, which makes me a bit sad sometimes because I think, you know, as funny as it is, the Quonamo kid, the girl that ate Jane, I think maybe I was desperately unhappy being that person. Whereas now I am the person I really want to be. Mm. And I don't know if maybe some of my things are, oh, well, if I eat out of my 10 hours zone, I'll put on weight. Well, no, of course you won't, Jane. Like, you know, I had a bad night's sleep last night and I was eating weed a bit watching the Beckham thing at 3am this morning on the sofa. Like, I just have to have that third person chat with myself mm. to check in that actually it's okay. So maybe there's a, the weight thing but also a control thing. I don't know, like, with your psychology background, like, maybe that comes from, like, childhood trauma of my mum dying and that being something that I was so out of control on that now I just feel like I've got things I am in control of. I don't know. And I do think there is something about, because I know that you're big on self-compassion, and I and I really like your kind of third person conversation coming in, and I think that's great, you know, where you're where you're you're trying to you know, say the thing that a friend would say, and, and and that is really helpful. I think there's also a place for you to be able to kind of stop and go, hey, it, these rules have really worked for me. This control has been something that has generally been a positive in my life. Therefore, it makes absolute sense that when I'm asking myself to loosen up some of that, that it feels really uncomfortable. And I think because what I'm sensing is that there is a bit of an expectation that I should be able to just flex. Like this is a problem that I'm struggling with flexing. Whereas I think there's something really normal, isn't there, about actually, you know, there's been this thing that's really worked for me. And now I'm asking myself and like and I've had some things in my life, you know, where maybe I felt overweight, where those rules have been different. And I'm, I'm a bit scared. I'm a bit scared that if I loosen that grip, that that I might lose all of this great stuff that I've got. And that feels, I don't know, like something that you can just, I, I don't know, allow, allow, some, allow some compassion for yourself around. Does that make sense? Yeah, it really does. It really, really does. And it really resonates with me because when um, my old bike coach, James, he used to know that I hated a rest day mm. and he just said to me one day like he said I used to be a bit like that he said but now when I've got a rest day I'm like I've really earned that and I'm going to really enjoy it and it was a real thing of yeah you're right because that's when all the goodness happens actually when we rest and we repair and maybe it's me adopting that mindset of or a different narrative and that's maybe what it is, isn't it? It's changing the narrative mm. of Christmas Jane or Weekend Jane. Changing the narrative to go, it's all right. This is fun. Like, this is your kindness, self-compassion. Um, it's not going to lead to anything other than you having a good time and and spending time with people that you really care about. So, yeah, maybe it's the, the narrative around it. And I think, you know, actually, 
I remember, you know, when I when I met you and <laughs> I and I brought lots of meats and cheeses to your house <laughs> and not a bottle of wine because I thought, well, Jane's all really healthy. She won't be drinking, but she'll have a lovely um, you know, picnic with me. And actually, I got it totally wrong uh, the wrong way around. But I think it's interesting that you 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 do allow a flexibility around your drinking. So that is something where it's, you know, you haven't gone black and white. Yeah. So it says to me that if you're able to do it there, then you must be able to do it in other areas. Yeah. And it's probably the sleep one I need to work on the most. And and I remember good few, I mean, I'm going back years ago. It happened twice consecutively over years and always in the July that I would absolutely, whether it was, I used to call it the uh, super virus, I would just be floored for a week or two weeks. And it's because I've been burning the candle so much at both ends that maybe I fear that and it's like god because if I'm ill I can't train and I can't do this and I can't do that and it's that yeah me thinking that the sleep has such a such a trigger because when it comes to the alcohol I generally wish sometimes like throw a blooming good hangover in because it would put me off um but yeah the narrative and that's probably important for all of our listeners isn't it it in terms of all of our areas of lives we always put a narrative on things like when I'm talking about people about movement and exercise and most people's narrative or around is linked to self-abuse and punishment like oh I should go to the gym I ate donuts or oh don't like my bum so I'll go on the stepper and it's like change the narrative like the outcome of how you'll feel is what it's about and the narrative of oh my goodness I want my heart to be pumping and I want to be sweating because that's the good things so that the change and showing that the change happens. Whereas when we put that other narrative on, of, oh, I don't want to get sweaty. I don't want this. And, and moving our bodies is such a beautiful thing to do. So I don't ever want to hear people when they say, oh, I hate going to the gym, Jane. I'm like, well, don't go to the gym. Find something else that you like doing. Because it's such a wonderful experience moving. We don't want a negative to it. Mm. I also think, you know, what I've heard from your story is there's quite a lot of identity badges. So, you know, where people have called you Cronenberg girl or <laughs> what was it? Who ate Jane? Who ate Jane? Oh, wow. Um, but but there, there's something that seems to have been collected. And again, you know, when you you admitted to this binary place, and, and again, I guess it's that maybe if we were like working together, it would be looking at exploring like how you label yourself now and where that rigidity might be attached to the identity piece and kind of trying to avoid going to these other identity places um mostly I still can't get over that you don't get hangovers that's a revelation and I yeah I'm really really jealous about that um but and again I think you know, we we both told our story, haven't we? And we and we when we tell stories, we talk about a very kind of linear thing, don't we? From from the beginning, and it sounds like everything was always moving forward. And I think again, that that's just the way that humans tell stories. But actually, the reality would be if we start delving into individual pieces of your story, you would have seen a forward and then a backward and then a kind of like <laughs> a bit further backwards and then a struggle a bit forward. Um, and actually, again, it's that we forget that, don't we, in our day to day that it, it those backward movements that, that we might make are, are part of an overall forward movement. We can't see it 
when we're in it. Yeah, I totally get that. And actually, the the growth is in the bits that mm. we go back a bit on, because that's the time, I think, for reflection, isn't it? And probably more now, I'm not so much about just continually moving forward. I feel really content in the space I'm in. Mm. And I think that's nice. That Like, I feel happy with that. I've stopped, if you like, looking for that, using one of our Peter Crone things, like stop looking for that idealised future. Mm because we never get there. Actually, I'm really happy with where I am now, with the people around me, where I'm at. Um, you know, some of my rules that I've created for myself do put me in the place that is the real sort of happy place for me. Mm. Um, but I think what's been so good for me today is that, yeah, that narrative around giving myself the flexibility, mm. it's not going to change an identity. It's just part of that journey of, and it's not going back, is it? It's just being open to being flexible, flexible, mm. the rules of Jane. Yeah. And, and I guess like feeling comfortable with the discomfort, because the reality is that a set rule, like don't do this, is that can actually be a lot more comfortable than a than a grey area where where you have to really check out. That can be so. There's something about, and maybe that's where the growth is. You know, sitting with the discomfort of a you know of, of a, a less comfortable position. Yeah, definitely. I like that a lot. And and that would be exactly what I'm telling myself when I'm racing: be comfortable with being uncomfortable mm. because it's okay. Yeah, you're just not in your place where you're in 100% control of something, you're you're flexing. And I think, you know, transferring this as well, you know, to our listeners, I would think they got a lot from your story today. But there are lots of places, aren't there, where we can get into this kind of this stuckness where where we start to believe, you know, I I, I have to um, work late, late at work or I'm going to fall behind. Um, I have to always put my children first. I have to buy everything on, you know, thinking at the moment of the Christmas and, and what I'm doing. I have to buy everything that she's written down on Santa's list, you know, even if that puts me in debt in order to make my child happy. There are the, these these rules that get into and, and unchecked. Uh, I think they can, I don't, yeah, they can really trip us up. Yeah, I like that comparison because it is so true, isn't it? And it's that thing of almost in the morning, this is what my day is going to be. I'm going to be, you know, kids' lunch is packed, my lunch packed, in the car by this time, you know, first thing goes wrong in the morning, somebody's lunchbox is lost, then can't find the car keys, then there's traffic. And we we do, goes back to kindness, um, we need to be flexible because we can't always have the plan that we want. And I think that's where our resilience gets tested a lot. Mm. We might have this perfect picture for the day, for the week, for the month, whatever, but real life happens. Mm. You know, for me, real life, other people like to go out in the evening. They don't get to spend the time you do. Um, and yeah, flexible. Yeah. Keyword today, flexibility. Yeah. Brilliant. Flexibility. Now tell me though, just before we finish, what did those yeah. friends of mine say about me? no no all all complimentary (laughs) they were they were very very lovely but it just struck me it made me think yeah there's some stuff about Jane that um I would quite like to know 
I don't think I wanted to know about the hangover thing because that just makes oh, me sorry, crazy. yeah. But um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think um, there's always so much more to someone than we see the current version, don't we? We're changing yeah. all the time, and we change in different contexts. And I just think, yeah, I got a little bit of an insight today in um, in yeah the fuller Jane, which the fuller is, Jane. Um, has been great. Yeah, well, it's been good catching up, and I will see you in a few weeks when my freckles are back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, have a wonderful time. I will. Thank Um, you. Yes, and and I hope everybody enjoyed our our chat today. So please do get in contact if there's anything that you were interested in and you want to ask us about. um, We're always happy to to share share our stuff, aren't we? We are. We yeah. Share share and be kind, everyone, and be flexible. So goodbye. Bye for now.